But yeah, let's let's put this in the rearview mirror because the Saturday after next Saturday is absolutely unbelievable. And we touched on it last week, but um, now I got the picks. I think the the picks are in for these three fights uh, that we talked about last week: UFC 262, Houston, Texas. Uh, we got Michael Chandler fighting in his second UFC fight for the lightweight gold against Charles Oliveira, a guy. It's literally the least deserving guy in the division. It's the most deserving guy Whoa, in the division. The least deserving guy in the division. <laughs> At least in the wow. top five. In the top five. If is he? How okay. is he even in the top five? Sure. Anyway, I, hey, I'm not going to argue with you there. But anyways uh yeah the pick the pick here is definitely and you don't uh, you know the way i handicap this is charles Oliveira is going to win this fight inside the distance but you don't even need to bet inside the distance because we're still getting like a pick em line on charles Oliveira right now and if you wait if you wait just a little bit we might get a plus money line on looks charles like it's Oliveira. coming yeah looks and, like we're gonna get uh, it which you know it's it's absolutely crazy to me. And Al, where did we open up at? We opened up with um we opened up at around what was it like minus 145? Olivera minus 145. Sorry, I have it right in front of me. Minus 178. There you go. There you go. So that's what and, I'm talking about. And as of and uh my graphic here goes to last Saturday, which was uh, minus one twenty-eight. And I'm looking at it right now. He's moved even closer to plus money at minus 115. There's some books that have this straight pick them, minus 115, minus 115. Wow. It's, 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 they might like, uh, yeah, this is one where like the sharp, uh, I'll say, this is the thing, right? Charles Oliveira, he doesn't have a reputation for being a brawler, but. He's gotten significantly better from the days of him quitting in that fight against uh, Max Holloway. Um, you know, we saw him take his best shots. We saw him take Kevin Lee's best shots. We saw him take some serious, you know, some good shots from Tony Ferguson. Um, this guy, he's got a chin. And as I touched on last week, like, he's not going to have his hands down and be like all discombobulated like how Dan Hooker was to get himself caught with that uh, big left that Chandler throws. And the thing about Chandler, you know, like, let's look at this. Honestly, Dan Hooker, a well-timed shot. And then prior to that, what was it? Benson Henderson, another well-timed shot against a guy who's probably past his prime. And then yeah. uh, um, Sydney Outlaw, Another really well-timed shot. Mm, uh, he ain't it. Against another guy who is yeah. put in the spot because it was a big fight or co-main event in Japan, and it was what it was. And it was coming off of him being on the other side of that well-timed shot against a guy who is a weight class smaller than him. And, you know, I, I will say this. That was a terrible stoppage. And Mike, if I was Michael Chandler, I would still be going on about how he got robbed in that fight because that was that was a really bad stoppage against Pitbull uh, for him to lose that uh, lightweight belt. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this. 18 fights in Michael Chandler since 2013. He's won eight of them inside the distance. 
but he has lost five of those fights by getting knocked out, right? And this guy, um, he's he lost two of them. Sorry, he lost three of them by getting knocked out, two of them by decision. Uh, and that's against, you know, Bellator, like I'm not taking anything away from Bellator, but it's not the UFC. And Charles Oliveira is at, is on a is on a whole other level, and his striking uh, might might be why the the line is the way that it is. The perceived uh, notion on Chandler having the striking edge, it's not. It's it's just not. It's going to be a non factor because um, I just don't I, I don't see it turning into the type of fight where Oliveira is going to let himself have his guard down and get knocked out. Like we saw Benson Henderson, um, um, Dan Hooker and Sydney outlaw, which is the lead up to how he's gotten to where he is now. That's pathetic. I'll, I'll be straight up honest. That's pathetic. And uh, Charles Oliveira is going to win the belt and cat like uh, this is, this is one of those ones where I usually try to make it like a sneaky, like a sneaky pick, like how the Luke a pick was. But uh, this is this is the I, I won't say the L word because it's far from the L word, but this is up there. I think though what's closer to the L word is the under, and the fight goes the distance. No, because I cannot see this fight going uh, going inside uh, going to decision. Charles Oliveira has thirteen stoppage victories the most submission victories in ufc history and like i said michael chandler has eight stoppage victories in his uh last 16 fights so someone's either going to sleep or they're getting tapped out here and uh <clears throat> yeah uh what do you think <laughs> i think exactly what you think i'm on Oliveira too and i think uh the odds are it's five round fight Oliveira is a proven finisher at this point uh, we've seen Michael Chandler finished. When Michael Chandler loses, he usually gets finished. I'm with you all the way, Al. I, I, I literally don't really know what else I have to say. I think you pretty much covered it because that's exactly how I feel as well. All right, so then uh, let's go to this next one. And last week I was a little bit hesitant, but no, I think that Benil Darius, uh, Benil Darius against Tony Ferguson, I think that's the play here on the money line. Uh, I see it like minus 130 at some places which is just insanity considering where we were able uh where this opened at um but yeah uh so i see it like minus 140. minus 140 on benil Darius against a guy who's uh tony ferguson and taking nothing away from what tony ferguson has done in the ufc and in his mma career but it comes down to he's a 37 year old lightweight i think he's past his best days he's had a lot of you know when you look at guys who've had finish victories over guys like anthony pettis and um donald cerrone in like the you know right before they get title shots you got to start you got to be like you got to think twice because like that fight that fight against cerrone he was cerrone was past his prime and i think the fight against pettis pettis broke his hand so is that right? Uh, sounds about right to me. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's the right fight. Yeah, that was kind of a Pettis quit job, it felt like. It felt like uh, Pettis knew the fight was lost. Why go out there and let this dude keep touching me with these razor-sharp elbows? So, um, yeah, man. Dude, this is such a tough fight, man, because it's like 
Dariush has there there's there's areas of Dariush's game that's exploitable, right? And if Tony Ferguson really focuses on those areas, I think he can win the fight. But at the same time, I'm 100% with you that Tony Ferguson's best days are behind him. Um, you know, I was ready to I I listen, I, I swear to God, I might have been the old I, mean, I think we covered this last week because I think you were there too. You were on it. You too. weren't the only one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. At the time it felt like I was the only man in the world who was picking Charles Oliveira to beat Tony Ferguson. Um, and it was just domination. It I, I expected a much better fight than that from Tony Ferguson. Uh it really opened my eyes to the decline of Tony Ferguson. But it also opened my eyes to the rise of Charles Oliveira. Um, you know, I thought the Gaethje fight was going to be a tough fight. I thought it was going to be close. I didn't expect that to be all one-way traffic Justin Gaethje, okay? Um, I didn't expect that to be all one-way traffic Charles Oliveira. Benil Dariush is not a tremendous gap down from either one of those guys. You know, he's in... I'm not maybe I'm not going to say that in the same class. I don't think Benil Dariush ever captures UFC gold. I don't think Benil Dariush ever fights for UFC gold more than likely uh, just because he still does have some issues and he does have hit ability. But I do feel like we're seeing the best version of Benil Dariush versus a declined Tony Ferguson who's taken a tremendous amount of damage, is mentally ill. I mean, that's not even debatable. This guy's yeah. mentally ill when yeah. you think about what he's done outside the octagon. And I'm not I'm not dogging the guy at all. It's just a fact. If you show up to your wife's parents' house because she has to live there because you're so crazy uh, and you're digging up the fireplace trying to find the cameras uh, and you kidnap your own child and jump over a, a six-foot-high privacy fence with your kid in tow in the rain – you're mentally ill. That's just all there is to it. Now, does it come and go in waves? It seems to, but is the dude also the weirdest guy I've ever seen and lives in a delusional world where he's still the best in the world and is going to beat Habib? Yeah. Yep, that's that's Tony Ferguson. Um, yeah, I, at this point, I just feel like I, regardless of the skills this man possesses, I don't think I can back Tony Ferguson unless we're talking – Yet again, a step down in competition from a, from a Benil Dariush. And like I said, can Tony sharpen his game and exploit the problems we've seen in Benil Dariush? Yeah, absolutely. Benil Dariush is very hittable. Benil Dariush gets hurt. Benil Dariush gets rocked almost every fight. Um, can Tony absolutely take advantage? Yeah, he can. He can win that fight. He can beat Benil Dariush. I think so. But as it stands right now, um, I think this is a classic trajectory uh, situation. Tony Ferguson, decline. Benil Dariush, incline. It's it's going to be real tough for me to to be able to convince myself that Tony Ferguson's the side in this spot. Yeah, and like uh, you said it best, and like I feel like the that whole like champ shit only like that's like the mantra for insanity because I see like people posting that stuff in like YouTube and in like Reddit and on Twitter and stuff like that. That's like your guy. <laughs> Your guy hasn't won a, a fight against somebody like you know top level in how long? Like, come on, let's stop with the. But you know, let's actually not stop because all of this, <laughs> all of this ridiculous uh, perception on a fighter who's past his prime uh, against a guy who's not past his prime, and let's mention is the biggest fight of his life, 
right? In Benil Dariush. And he's been he's he's very deserving of this shot, right? And he's basically been working, you know, this is a guy who fought Scott Holtzman two fights ago in a fight that he should not have taken, but he he just wanted to get back into the into the octagon. It's a good point. Yeah. And uh he's uh I think he's gonna make the best the 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 best out of this moment. My only hesitation is him getting a little bit ahead of himself because of the crowd and trying to chase a, a bonus, but I'm past that. And uh, it comes down to the numbers. Benil Dariush, 11-3-1 in his UFC career, plus 5.82 units. He's gone under the betting total. Or sorry, that's not in his UFC career. That's just in his last 15 fights. Um but yeah, 15 of, or sorry, nine of the last 15 fights have gone under. And he does have five decision victories in those 15 fights. But uh, you look at Tony, Tony, eight and two in his last 10. But um, uh, something interesting, you know, if you've bet against Tony Ferguson, uh, if you bet against him coming up to, in his last, you know, since we've seen him against Pettis, you know, he's two and two and you've made money fading him because <laughs> I don't know how, but uh, Justin Gaethje was like a plus 200 underdog yeah. to Tony Ferguson. And uh, Charles Oliveira was like a plus 170 underdog, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah, well, Al, and here's the deal. When Tony Ferguson fought Justin Gaethje, there was a tremendous group of fan base who were telling me every day on my YouTube channel, Tony Ferguson will beat Habib. And then I would have to let them know, not a chance, not even close. And then, uh, you know, Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira absolutely proved that uh, I was totally right. And if Tony Ferguson fought Habib, it would be one of the worst one-sided maulings in championship history. And uh, Habib might, you know, catch catch a body. He might catch a charge. I mean, straight up. <laughs> I mean, Tony Ferguson does not want that heat. He might think he does, but he, he don't. Habib smashes this dude, and it ain't even close. So uh, what do you think, Al? Should we wrap this up? Should we bring this on home? Wait, one more thing just to quick touch on quickly, because this is what you were big on. Uh, this is what you were big on last week. Uh it's the co-main event, actually, and it's a it's the first ever non-title co-main event that will be a five-round fight, and it's Nate Diaz uh, and Leon Edwards. And, yeah, last week I was a little bit hesitant, but, yeah. And I will say this. I think that the value on this fight is on Leon Edwards to win this fight inside the distance because yes, Nate Diaz is not who we think he is anymore, and uh, – Think about this. So this is this is something interesting that I that I dug up, and it's not it doesn't really mean much. It's just a little tidbit. But from his loss to Josh Thompson, to his loss inside the distance to Jorge Masvidal, in his last eight fights, he's only been stopped twice. Right. But if you bet on inside the distance on his opponent in every fight in those in those eight, you're up seven hundred and five units. Sorry, seven hundred and five. Sorry, seven hundred and five dollars. Okay, so you bet a hundred dollars inside the distance. So that's a one, one bet on Josh Thompson, which was I think at like plus nine hundred to yeah. win inside the distance. And then Jorge, Jorge inside the distance is still a good uh, like plus one thirty. Uh, and then yeah, the market expects that you know Leon Edwards. He's had twelve fights in the UFC, or sorry, thirteen if you count the Mohammed fight. Sure. Um, seven decision wins so the market expects him 
he's gone over the betting total in 11 of his 13 fights, and one of them was a no contest. So in 11 of his 12 fights, he's gone over the betting total. He's gone the distance in nine of his 12 fights. Um, but this isn't. This is going to be. If we think Leon Edwards, uh, you know, he had the thing with Jorge Masvidal. Uh, you know, they were building up that the Edwards Masvidal pre-pandemic. That was a fight that was probably going to happen after Leon Edwards beat um, uh, who it was supposed to be Tyron Woodley, right? Uh, that was the like the March London card in 2020, yep. and it got canceled. Um, you know, there's a you draw a similarity between Edwards and Masvidal, and why do we think that Edwards is going to cruise to a decision win when we saw Masvidal just completely piece this guy up? Uh, Leon Edwards, you know, he might be not be on the same level of his boxing, but as far as like his kickboxing and it's just his overall MMA game, I put him on the same level as Jorge Masvidal. And I think that he's going to, I think he's going to finish Nate Diaz. And I don't know, man, like this could be, this might be the defining, like Diaz does have like his back against the wall here. And that's mm -hmm. one thing we didn't mention with, with Tony Ferguson. Um, he definitely oh, yeah. has back. This, too, but this is, this is a desperation spot for both guys. Absolutely. And, and, and you, know, you know what, Al, I'm going to do you one better. So you said this is a, uh, you said this is the first co-main non-title five-round fight. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Here, here's a prediction for you. No, it's not. You want to know why? Leon Edwards takes out Nate Diaz within three rounds. We don't see those fake championship rounds, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Masvidal took him out in essentially three in between the third and fourth round. We never saw them get beyond. Um, Nate Diaz has a tremendous amount of scar tissue around his eyes. Uh, Leon Edwards is going to touch it up. You're going to see a very similar scenario. He's going to get cut up. He's going to get opened up and Leon Edwards finishes him in the third round. We don't even see round four or five. That's your prediction right there, folks. Take it to the bank, book it right now. If you got Leon Edwards ITD, go ahead and throw it on your boy bleed. I'm just throwing money out here to these folks. Thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah, right, Al, is, there, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this? No, it, it's just, uh, I like I like how we're doing this. So we've come to conclusion together. You're not totally with me on Dariush, but not we're yet. all in. We're all well, in probably. on Oliveira. Not yet, but probably on Edwards inside the distance. Inside the distance is the play here because the market is gonna. I'm looking at the fight goes the distance. No, or fight goes round. Fight goes round five. No, is that plus money? Like, mm. like okay. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a total out yet. But fight goes to, uh, fight reaches round five. No, is that plus money? So if that's what the market is expecting here, oh man, Leon Edwards inside the distance all day, all day. Sit back and enjoy because we all love Nate, but he's not the guy that uh, he's not the guy who beat Connor and you know who was even Connor at that time. So we're we're talking about a guy who's like a little bit more of in the minds of MMA fans. Uh, you know, this legend, you know, and he not, is, and he is, yeah, but not exactly in the technical and the X's and O's in the cage, you yeah. know, it's just, it just he's he's gotten his his mouth and his persona has gotten him multiple times fights that you know bigger than what he can absolutely. chew, and absolutely. Uh, and you know what, props to him for doing it. That's yeah, how the game is played, and I talk about it all the time. You're listen, going in the, the cage and winning an impressive fight, that's going to get you a good fight. 
You know what though? If you go in there and you say the right thing, you antagonize the right guy, you can jump literally one, two, sometimes three fights. There, we've seen guys talk their way into a situation that had they not said anything, would have had to win two or three fights to get to this point. Instead, they can leapfrog by using the persona, the mouth, causing stuff on Twitter. I mean, at this point in the game, you can go on Twitter, start some shit, and basically the public will book the fight for you. If it, yeah. if it catches on, if it goes exactly. viral, the UFC goes, wow, this has some traction. Let's let's do it. And now and both they, guys are mad at each other. Give me the contract. I'm going to sign it. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. kind of did that before, like the rise of like – MMA social media. He really did that. Yeah, exactly. Really You're right. He's a pioneer. Media. Yeah. <laughs> he is a pioneer. He's it's a pioneer, true. man. Absolutely.